everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's Noor and it is Monday. Happy Monday. We are talking about pop culture and things with my brother, Raheel. Hello, Raheel. Hello. <laughs> wow, don't sound too excited. I'm exhausted. Um, oh. I'm very tired. Well, yeah, full disclosure, we don't record this on Monday morning. We record it on Sunday night and it is truly the end of it. Do you consider Sunday night the end of the week or the start of the week? Oh, the start of the week. Sunday night is the worst. You know that oh. Monday morning feeling? Like you're just mm-hmm. like, it's from mm-hmm. like when you were a kid, right? You're like, oh shit, I gotta go to school again tomorrow. Yeah, there's Sunday scaries. We all know them. I, I, yeah. No, no, go ahead. I've never heard Sunday scaries before. You've never heard Sunday scaries before? No, because uh, are you actually scared of something? Is it like a ghost thing or is it just anxiety like about Monday? Sunday are the anxieties of Monday. What? Why do you, why are they called scaries? Cuz it's cute. <laughs> 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 this is nuts. I can't believe you don't know. You've never heard of that. Um I've never okay. heard of that. I so I got I don't know what I call I didn't get a promotion at work but I just got a new project at work I mean it's not a promotion don't uh there's nothing to uh about (laughs) Uh, I didn't think we're employed so (laughs) (laughs) you just thought I did this um uh you must think that my husband is very wealthy Um, we no. There was a person at work who had this really Mm -hmm. big project, and that person got a promotion, so I got their big projects. But nobody's giving me more money. I just have more responsibility, and I am really nervous because technically the person got a promotion, so they're still like involved in the company and like in our in our space in our team. Mm-hmm. But I've been asked to fully take over this week. And honestly, there has not been a very good knowledge transfer so far. So I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants. Yeah, that's fine. So I got a question yeah. for you. I don't think we've ever talked about this. Okay. But like, how do you view work? Is work something that you take pride in? Or is it just something that... Um, you are doing so you can make money so you can do the other stuff that you want to do? I don't view my job as anything but something that I do to pay my bills. Like I like my job. I like my job. I enjoy my job. Um, But my job is not the, not even a little bit the most exciting thing about, like my job is whatever. Like I don't think, I don't think of my job as like a part of my personality. Mm -hmm. Even though like, how I manage my work at work is very much how I manage my real life because I am a yeah. project manager. But I don't necessarily think that like anything that I do at work, like if somebody was to ask me what I do at work, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I send emails. <laughs> like I work in tech pharma. I am neither a tech person nor a science person nor a pharma yeah. person. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you if you take work seriously. And it seems you don't know <laughs> what the pharma part of that is. <laughs> so I, you know, somebody asked me the other day what I got my degree in. And I said political science. And they were like, how's that working out for you? And I was like, it's not. <laughs> like, I don't. So um, back to your question. I just consider it a thing that I do for a living. However, yeah. I will say this, that a couple of weeks ago, 
we had this big end of project meeting and yeah. it was like a bit or not meeting. It was like a lunch. It was like a celebratory lunch and a whole bunch of people were complimenting me. And I was going Ooh. into work that day being like, oh, I got to do this stupid fucking lunch and see all these people, whatever. Right. And by the like the very first compliment I got it, they're like, we couldn't have finished this project without Noor. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Like, like the invalidated child me was like yeah <laughs> so me. you think you think that was just you just reacting to getting a compliment like you'll take a compliment anywhere or do you or was there is there pride in the work that you do even if you don't care about the work like you can take pride in how hard you work right i'm swimming in imposter syndrome so i don't think that i work that hard <laughs> like i just don't think that like like i it's weird. I want to be complimented really, really bad. And then yeah. as soon as I'm complimented, I'm like, I want to jump out of a window. Like, I don't deserve this. I don't know why you're saying this. There has to be some sort of other reason. Like, what is this manipulation? Have you met the other farmers? The other farmers are so much better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if somebody's like, what do you do? What do you work in big pharma? And I like, what if somebody does work in big pharma and they still don't know that it's pharma stands for pharmaceuticals? Imagine. Uh, yes, I can imagine. <laughs> You're like, I think I'm talking to one right now. Uh, uh, what about you? Do you take pride in your job? I do take pride in my job. And then I sometimes, so like I work very hard and I find that I work very late. Um, but I think it's also because I'm working from home and I, it's imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Um, when I'm working from home, I'm like, I am way like, I am not working this the entire time and yeah. uh, I feel bad about it. And then I give myself like these arbitrary deadlines for no reason. And then I just, I suffer over it and then I make sure that I do it. And then when I do it well, um, I take pride in it. But then yeah. at the same time, I'm also like, why are you taking pride in this, you fool? This means no. nothing to you. Yeah, it's all. The mind is a motherfucker, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> la is. cabeza es la hijo de puta. That means, <laughs> I believe that means uh, the brain is a son of a whore. <laughs> Uh, Spanish speakers, please <laughs> confirm that for us. Um, well, yeah. Well, Monday morning, we all get to figure that out, don't we? Yeah. Now uh, I know what Sunday scaries are. Yeah. Now look at that. There you go. You could bring it up during a work meeting. <laughs> I have one at 9 a.m. tomorrow. That's. I think oh. that's how I would... Yeah, but then what are you going to say? Sunday scares going to be Monday morning. They're going to be like, hey, dumb fuck, it's Monday. <laughs> No, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead with the with the Spanish. Uh, the mind is a son of a whore thing, and see. How oh that goes. wow! <laughs> okay, and then promptly get fired. Um, yes, I have a question for you. Actually, no, yes. I'd like to say uh, congratulations to you. Um, all of your uh, prayers and your scheming to ruin my husband's life have worked because the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies have lost <laughs> quite poorly. No, it was all right. So they, they weren't no, supposed to be. They had a no hit huh? game. I know that was pretty bad. By it the was way, right I just, after the... I just learned what that means, <laughs> like forty eight hours ago. Yeah, 
No, I, they were they were like massive underdogs coming into the series, and they were up two one, and it was fun or whatever. But they really weren't. I mean, I don't think. Well, I don't. First of all, I don't think your husband is heartbroken because he doesn't actually care about baseball, other than these last seven days somehow. It's so funny because they lost yesterday, and he didn't watch, and he just ended up. He just. I was like, oh, what happened? He goes, season's over. That's it. I was like. You mean they lost the World Series? He goes, yeah, season's over. And I was like, that's a very interesting way of putting it. Like, saying the season is over is very different than saying, no, they lost the World Series. Yeah. It's almost as if if you're talking to a person that does not follow baseball full time. (laughs) (laughs) Or like a person that's in deep denial or like trying to like downplay how bad this was, I guess. I guess. I guess. I guess. I don't want. It, I didn't want the Astros to win because of what I learned from you two weeks ago about the cheating. The cheating, and all, yes, and also because of stupid fucking what's his face from uh, Texas, uh, Ted Cruz. So, oh, yeah, I mean, but I, you know, I don't really give a shit about Ted Cruz's fake fandom, which is obviously one hundred percent fake. Do you um, think? Okay, who do you think? Who do you think is a bigger baseball fan, my husband or Ted Cruz? <laughs> Uh, I would say your husband, because I don't believe anything Ted Cruz does is uh, genuine or sincere. So okay, great. But yeah, but uh, I was very upset about the Astros winning. There is a silver lining, though. Um, mm. Their manager is this guy named Dusty Baker, who mm-hmm. I really like because mm-hmm. he used to be the Giants manager, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty big deal because there aren't that many African American managers in baseball. Oh, okay. Well, so, good, good for him. Yeah, good for Dusty. Is Dusty you, Dust, Dusty? Dusty Baker, yeah. He's amazing. Is that his first name? His first name is Dusty. I'm sure it's something else, That's but, but that's what he goes by. I would say Dustin. I don't know. His name is Dusty Baker. Like when he, so like when he signed to be the, to be the Astros manager, they said Dusty Baker has signed. Oh my God. With okay. the Astros. Okay. I just looked up his name. Don't look it up or he'll guess what his first name is. I'm sure it's probably something just like completely different than Dusty. I'm going to say like John. (gasps) Is it John Baker? It's Johnny B. Baker. Yeah. It's It's a very cool guy. Junior. Yeah. What a cool guy. Well, good for you, Johnny B. Baker. Fun fact about Dusty, Johnny B. Baker. Yeah. He created the high five. Did you know that? What? (laughs) What? What? In your mind, let's say, I, I, when do you think the high five was created? Okay, well, obviously, I'm looking at. Don't look it up. No, don't look it up. up. No, I looked at his Wikipedia. He was born in 1949, so I'm gonna yes. say the high five was created in the 70s. Yes, it was created in 1977. There's a moment in time when it actually was created, and Dusty Baker and his teammate are given credit for it because they were both on the Dodgers. Yeah. Do you want me to go into it? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a a fun story. Yeah. So the Dodgers had four players that were going to hit 30 home runs. um, And that would have been the first time that four players, uh, four teammates hit 30 home runs in a season. Dusty was the last one up. He had 29 home runs. It was like the last game of the season. Anyways, Dusty hit a home run. So he was rounding the bases and the entire team was really happy for him. And he had a teammate named uh, Glenn something. I, I don't know what his last name is. Glenn Burke or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came up 
And so they used to slap low fives. Low fives, I learned, have been around since the 1920s. And handshakes have been around since Forever. the dawn of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in his excitement, this guy, Glenn, I want to say his name is Glenn Burke. Anyways, he put his hand up in the air and Dusty saw it. And Dusty just instinctually just, he just mashed fists, as you said, before oh when we talked about clapping. The first so, of all, not fists, pumps. Pumps, sorry. What? Pumps, yeah, pumps. <laughs> anyway, so that happened, and then they were like, oh my god, what was that move? And then that became their thing. Like, that became the Dodgers thing for that year, that they were just doing high fives. Wow. <sighs> oh, good guy Dusty. So good guy Dusty gave all credit to Glenn for it. Um, and Glenn Burke, is a, it's, a, it's actually a sad story because he's been kind of uh, washed out of baseball. Like he got kicked out of baseball, even though he was like, uh, he was a pretty good player, but he got kicked out because he was openly gay <gasps> in the late seventies and eighties. Wow. So Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker gets credit for the high five, but he says, it's not me. It's actually Glenn. You guys just don't want to give him credit because he's openly gay. Wow. A gay man and a black man created the high five. Look, a gay at- black man and a black man. A gay black man and a black man? Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Wow. That's amazing. Low fives were a thing since the 1920s. Also quite amazing. <laughs> Who decided that? Uh, I, I watched a documentary on the About, high fives. Are you serious? <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was what th- it, on what? It was a 30 for 30 short. Oh, okay. They were okay, talking okay. about, yeah. Sometimes I watch old baseball videos. Yeah, who created <clears throat> fist bumps? I don't know. That seems like a recent thing, right? Yeah, I'm going to say fist bumps really came about in like after uh, Y2K. Oh, yeah. So like I, like growing up, there were no fist bumps. We weren't. None. None, right? I want to say even like the last 15 years. Yeah, I think Remember, so. Didn't Obama do a fist bump with Michelle? Yes, at one it point, was amazing, and we were all like, "Oh my god, these look cool!" Yeah. Okay, let me. See. But I'm sure it's been around since before then. Okay, so it was a comic book thing. Oh. Oh, it was a pa- okay. For- wow. Okay, again, g- big uh, credit to black people. Obviously, it was a black power salute, right? The fist yeah. in the air, and then it became a thing where people would fist bump each other. Um, but it became popular. After it became popular in the uh, height of the H1N1 pandemic in 2009. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, high fucking handshakes have been around since the dawn of time. It's the most disgusting practice (laughs) in the world. Handshake. Just Uh, like putting your... You've touched it on every single surface. Yeah. The flush... The door, and then you're like, let me smush mine against another stranger's. <sighs> Do you judge people based on their handshakes? If it's strong or weak? Yeah. I don't. Okay. Do you get nervous you? when somebody has a very sh- strong handshake? Uh, I don't get nervous. I, I know that uh, I do go in with strong intentions when I'm shaking hands. Like in honest. my Like in the half second. Whenever I've sh- like shook a hand, I don't yeah. shake. 
I just extend just... and I let somebody else do whatever. <laughs> no, I mean I'm not I'm not just wagging my limp hand. I extend my hand forward. I let the person take control and I let them do the shake. I do not do any of the shaking cuz I don't know how much shaking is appropriate. <laughs> I have so no idea. I, when I when I'm shaking hands, right? When I go in, I am not I'm not like a hard squeezer because that just seems like bullshit. Like, oh, why would terrible. you do that? That's, that's terrible. terrible. That that seems like you're trying to send a message for no reason. Mm-hmm. But I do like to keep like a firm hand. So they have like something like, you know, nice to hold on to. <laughs> and then, you know, we go we go with their speed, whatever they want to do. Do you wrap your thumb around their hand? I uh, gently massage the top of their hand. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we have a couple of things to cover. Some of them are a little bit sad. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come right back and we'll talk about those things. Okay, we're back. Um, I have to start with some sad news. Okay. Aaron Carter passed away. Yes, he did. Very sad. <sighs> it is very sad. Made me sadder than I thought it would. So, like, I don't think either one of us has uh, any... Uh, relationship with Aaron Carter, the singer, or Aaron Carter, the pop star, right? I mean, I kind no. of do. Remember, he I think, had that I think song I was with too Shaq. Old. Yeah, you yeah, were that's too the only, old. Yeah, y- you were too old. I knew him because he was coming up and like he was dating Lindsay Lohan, and then he dated Hillary Duff. So like, I was aware of all that. I once saw him eating a slice of pizza in New York no. City on a little stoop. And he looked like he did not want to be bothered. Rest his soul. But he, um, yeah, I mean, he was always like Nick Carter's little brother. But I think, like, there was a, you know, the time that he was really spiraling uh, was, like, the time of, like, Perez Hilton and stuff. And that Mm -hmm. was still around the time where we were, like, making, like, jokes and poking fun at people clearly with, like, addiction and mental health issues. Yeah, And then that just kind of became like his thing. It was just like, you know, he got the big neck tattoo and it was like Nick Carter was like, you know, not also the greatest guy. And then it was just the Carters in general were really sad. But he was like eight years old, eight years old when he was like coming up. He had his he had an album out when he was nine, nine years old. That's insane. Yeah. Lou Pearlman, because Lou Pearlman also and Carter was one of his projects. Lou Pearlman is a very bad man. Oh yeah, uh, he's in prison, right? Or is he dead? I think he's dead. I don't know. Look it up. Look it up. Where are we with that? But like he, this man has ruined so many people's lives, but like you know, Aaron Carter too young, too much fame. So Lou Pearlman is dead. He's he been dead, dead for 6 years. Yeah, yeah. How did he die? Heart attack. All right. But he was arrested and all those things. Just a terrible yeah, he, person. He was doing like terrible things. What was he arrested for and in prison for? A Ponzi scheme. Yeah. God, it was the worst. And then, so yeah, I, just, I mean, he, you know, I they are like savages, right? Yeah. So it just made me very sad. There's a clip of the Backstreet Boys. I guess they're uh, doing like a, a tour right now. Mm-hmm. And there was a clip from this uh, evening's concert, and they did like a little tribute to him. And Nick Carter was crying and everybody was hugging him. It's just very, very yeah. sad. Of course. You know, it makes you think about, so like, I think, um, and I don't know if this is like, I'm sure this has been a phenomenon that's 
gone back as long as there have been celebrities. But like Aaron Carter was probably more famous for being a famous person who had problems than he was for his actual like yeah. career, right? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that I, I mean it's like the celebrity thing is weird, right? Yeah. I don't know if you want to be, like I don't know obviously that's not what he would have wanted, right? I'm sure yeah. like the fame is nice, but I'm sure he would have preferred if he was known for his talent or whatever. Yeah. And I, don't, I think that's like a new thing. I remember thinking about that after uh, I watched the uh, Amy, what's her name? Amy Winehouse. Winehouse. Yeah. yeah. After I watched the Amy Winehouse uh, documentary. Have you seen that? Um, I have not because I felt like it would make me very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Because my perception of Amy Winehouse while she was alive was always just that. I mean, I knew her music was good, but the first yeah. thing that you heard was that of all the problems that she had, right? Yeah. Um, and you just start in your head because you read this stuff. You're like, oh, this person's just a mess. That's the only way that I think about them is that they're just a mess. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when I watched the documentary, obviously she was like unbelievably talented. Yeah. And then, you know, with like substance abuse things, right? It's like, if you're not in the middle of it, you don't understand how hard it is. Like, you know, you don't when you see somebody who just keeps falling down from it, yeah. you're just like, oh, that person just isn't strong. But you don't like it's completely different. Like, you know, how sincere she was in trying to get better. And it's just mm -hmm. so sad that she couldn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she was just famous. Like everyone was just like, oh, Amy Winehouse, she's just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about actually a lot um, about like young kids on YouTube. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of these like YouTube kids that parents prop up and make channels for that are yeah. crazy famous, right? Like there's that kid Ryan that like my kids, like you've probably seen, he's like this little kid that started making these toy videos. And then now he's got like this empire and yeah. he has a YouTube channel. He's got several YouTube channels. His sisters have YouTube channels. He has a deal with Walmart. He has toys at Target. He's got like a TV show on Nickelodeon. Like he's got a lot of stuff going on. But this kid has been a YouTube sensation since he was like three years old. And I yep. wonder sometimes like we know, you know, we've all like grown up with the Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, like even like just growing up and seeing like hearing about rock stars that die, right? Like Kurt Cobain, all yeah. this stuff. We know that like there is this like really dark side of being a celebrity, especially at a very young age. And that's from being a celebrity in that way of like music or movies and stuff. But th the social media celebritying is very different. And I sometimes think possibly even bigger right because yeah. like everybody has the internet everybody has youtube yeah not everybody's listening to the same kind of music but like there are children all over the world that are watching these kids and i just wonder sometimes like what that what growing up under that is going to be like in like 20 years like what are those kids going to be like and i think it's yeah i can't about, i can't even imagine about about yeah. you know because like my mind I, I don't think my mind is like um sophisticated enough to even think about that stuff plus you know i'm not somebody that's on social media so mm -hmm. i don't so for me like when i see like I, i'm sure that there's different tiers right so like i hear about people right so i'll hear about like this guy like mr beast right so yes. i now i have an understanding of who mr beast is I barely and then do. i have an understanding 
I, and then I have an understanding mm. of who Logan Paul is, right? Gross. But to me, and I'm sure they're in different tiers or whatever, but to me, they're all just YouTube people that is not for me. That's all yeah. I know about them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you know, the weird thing about celebrity, especially mm-hmm. young people that become celebrities, right? Is that I think it's such like an exclusive club when it happens. The weird thing is, is that you become very rich and very famous at a very young age, especially if you're like a pop star or like an athlete or something like that. Yeah. But your interactions are with people that are like 20, 30 years older than you. Right. Yeah. When the people that are in charge of like paying you um, and then the people, uh, the other people that are in your life and that kind of forced, I guess, maturation has got to be hard. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds terrible. Yep. Yeah. Like, I mean, <clears throat> like, I just, I hear my kids like talking. Dude, there's like a whole world. There's, there are people. So I didn't know this was a thing. There are people who make music about, okay. So there's, okay. Where do I start? There's Roblox, right? And on, one of the things okay. on Roblox is that you can create your own games on Roblox, right? If you have a Roblox um, game creator or account you can make your own games so there are people who have made these like huge worlds of games on roblox Mm -hmm. which is pretty impressive and it's like a whole universe that they've created then there's people who make music about those roblox characters and my kids love that music (laughs) your kids are weirdos (laughs) <laughs> they're such little <laughs> nerds oh my god they're such nerds and i was like oh it's just my weirdo nerd kids but then on halloween they were all all the kids were talking about it and i was like how do you know what is this and like you know you have that moment where you were when you're like oh my i'm gonna know what young people like i have yeah. no idea what my kids are talking about there's like a siren head there's a a huggy wuggy i don't know what any of these <laughs> words mean I so, don't know. There's a there's a, there is a character called Catastrophe Cat, and I, I went next week. I'm gonna play the music for Catastrophe Cat. Doesn't make any sense. There's a lady with like a French accent, and she puts on like a Lady Gaga voice, and mm-hmm. she sings a song about Catastrophe Cat. It's called Cartoon Catastrophe. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's stuck in my head because that's the stuff my kids love. So yeah, you you know, it's just like you said, you know. Uh, this is what we were told when we were young also by older people where they're just like, I just don't get it. This yeah. is this just sounds so stupid. And like, you know, some of those things aren't actually stupid, right? Some of the things that we liked as kids, they have been proven to be something that's amazing, right? Yeah. So like, I'm sure like rap music when we were kids to a lot of people our age at that time, they were just like, this is nonsense. Like, this is garbage. Yeah. But obviously yeah. it's something that stands. But as you described, the songs based off of Roblox characters, <laughs> that is nonsense. That makes no sense. It seems like a waste of time. And I'm sure there's going to be like a museum of Roblox characters down the line. Yes, there's. It's it's insane. It's so weird. There's there's toys that you can buy. It's the I. It blows my my brain. Okay, in the words of Noah, it blows my brain. <laughs> um, <clears throat> speaking of music. So, uh, are you understanding what's going on right now with uh, Drake? I am not. What's going on with Drake? Okay. So, unfortunately, also this week, um, Takeoff, who's part of the Migos, he died due to gun violence. 
right? Yes. Very, very sad. Super young guy, like seemed like a very nice, chill kid. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievably sad. And so he died. And obviously there's a lot of discussion about like just hip hop culture and the, you know, gun violence as a result of it. And some of like just that conversation of how so much of hip hop culture still, it does kind of promote that, right? Like where we most liberals that listen to a lot of liberals who listen to rap music should also be talking about the fact that some of the stuff is extremely problematic. Then Drake had some song and in Mm -hmm. his song the lyrics of his new song were something along the lines of uh she says she got shot but she's lying but she still it's just something like she says she got shot but she was lying but she's still a stallion so she's he's talking about megan the stallion because she got shot by i think tory lanes is his name okay i don't know if that's right but Megan the Stallion got shot and she went to like trial for it. And all of these men in hip hop were talking about how she probably made it up. And it was really insane. She got shot in the fucking leg. Like it was yeah. really, really bad. And so Drake like said that and she went off. She was like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, first of all, I don't even know you. Like, I'm not friends with you like that for you to be making a statement like this. He hasn't said anything about it. And so it was interesting because they were talking about like how within the same week you had these people who were talking about the importance of talking about gun violence and all this stuff. And then as soon as Drake drops this letter, people are like, oh, Drake is so funny. Oh, that's crazy. Because like, you know, when it comes to uh, violence against women or violence against black women specifically or misogynoir in general, there's always space for that. It's always space to make jokes about other female rappers and stuff like that. So I am, uh, I am just hearing about this the first time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I apologize for any uh, idiotic takes that I have because I'm okay. just thinking out loud. Uh-oh. Right? <laughs> but isn't part of uh, like hip hop culture that that kind of language is understood to be okay. Like you have to be, you know, like you have to be okay with like the bombastic nature of the back and forth, right? It's actually funny. I was listening to, uh, um, I was listening to a compilation of the best diss songs mm-hmm. uh, recently, um, and "Back to Back" was one of them, which is like a Drake song. It, mm-hmm. it was about Meek Mill, mm-hmm. um, but then also, obviously, um, you know, uh, "Hit 'Em Up" by Tupac, of course, of course, right? Mm-hmm. He says some. Terrible, terrible things in there about Biggie. Terrible things. I love that song so much. (laughs) And also, like, No Vaseline. It's amazing. Like, you know, it's, like, homophobic. It's, like, anti-Semitic. Oh, my God. It's, like, there's a lot of terrible things that if you just look at the lyrics, right, you just Mm -hmm. say, oh, this is just just wrong, right? But you can't judge it by that because it's understood that within within this arena, everything is kind of on the table. Well, I think, though, that that's changing a little bit, right? Because I think Mm -hmm. that, like, just to say that in this arena we allow these things is just, like, not good enough because it's important that you can still, like, hold on to the integrity of the music and still hold on to, like, hip-hop culture and rap and still say this is good quality music without it coming at the cost of, like, women or 
Jewish people or gay people. Yeah. Like those things should all be possible. And I think the the irritating thing about all of this is that there is there was such a, a conversation about you know uh, adjusting hip hop culture because it is leading to the deaths of these kids, like Takeoff, right? Yeah. But and the same and the same people being out there being like, well, Megan the Sally needs to relax because it's just a silly little line. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think it's like when it comes to violence against women, or when it comes to uh, you know attacks on marginalized people, whether they're yeah. Jews or gay people or whatever, it's always sort of looked at as like, mm, well, I think you're taking it too seriously, or like you're being too sensitive. And I mm -hmm. think, like, that's the stuff that I find quite maddening. Now, <clears throat> a complication for you. Oh, Nobody loves Eminem more than your husband. Oh, my God. Listen, I didn't <laughs> want to talk about this on the podcast. Okay, I'm going to get canceled. Yes, it's a horrible, horrible thing. It's... <sighs> But listen, when it's you the most when problematic I, thing about this man, he's such. But a that's feminist. the thing, right? Like, no, he's, he is a feminist. But like, <laughs> Eminem's artistry is different than who he is as a person, right? And plus, you got to allow people to grow. You think sure, sure, certainly. But I think also, like, I think the young people, right? Like, why do people make music? Right. They mm -hmm. make music ultimately to make money off that music. Right. But it's yeah. also to influence like musicians have a lot of influence on young people and how they think and all that stuff. And I'm not going to sit around and be like, oh, you know, everything needs to be squeaky clean and we need to be like thinking about the youth all the time. Right. Because there's plenty of shit that happens. There's plenty of shit that we've all consumed. And we didn't grow up murdering our spouses and putting their yeah bodies in the car and then making a song about it right like yeah. we didn't do that yeah, yeah. so i do think that some of that requires some just normal thinking but i think that to some degree we can still evolve a little bit and say yeah. maybe maybe for the world that exists now this is not something that we need anymore yeah and because, I think Eminem's evolved, yeah. right? He's changed yeah, a lot yeah. over yeah, the last. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. He's like super duper, like socially involved. Like he's he's like a fifty year old dad. Like he's yeah. not, you know. It's oh god, I can't think about that. It's very upsetting. <laughs> Just, you know what he was doing right now before he came what? downstairs? He was watching videos from like Eminem, like being inducted into the Hall of Fame or something. But how is that a bad thing? It's a great thing. Eminem no, is a great. Listen, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's something that I struggle with. It's like the one, it's like a blind spot that I have where I'm like, all right, we're just going to pretend like I don't know this about you. Sometimes on long car rides, when I'm like, I fall asleep always in the passenger seat, the kids are asleep and then <laughs> I'll be like jolted awake because of something and I open my eyes and ears the next thing i know i'm like oh you're listening to eminem because everybody else in the car is asleep yeah so he's mindful but, i think i think we are i think our brains are sophisticated enough to understand the difference um i think we can draw the line in our and by the way this is just i'm only talking about like eminem right uh mm -hmm. eminem and you know other rappers that use harsh language um, but they use it within their art. I think we can make the distinction. I, this Drake, Megan the Stallion thing sounds different because yeah. it feels like he was just taking advantage of a news story. Is that what is that what the kids call uh, clout chasing? 
Was he chasing clout? No, he's just being an asshole, but sure. Yeah. That's not clout chasing, but he's just being an asshole. Yeah. yeah. That's different. But I think, you know, it's okay listening to rap music. I think, and, you know, some of that uh, that anger, you know, I know you said that they are, they make music so they can uh, make money. But, like, if Eminem wanted to put out, like, pop hits without any curse words, um, I'm sure he's in a place where he could do that. I'm sure he could make a lot of money. Yeah, sure. But I think there's a lot of honesty in the way that he approaches his art. And I think someone like that has earned like the space to figure that stuff out for themselves. Right. Well, so. the, the other thing is I, I do think like with somebody like Eminem, he's at least honest to who he is. Right. Like he's always yeah. been who he was. I think the thing mm-hmm. that's frustrating about Drake is like, it's like you're, you're, you're a pop, you're a pop star. You're, you're yeah. a teen actor. You're not the kind to be rapping about guns and drugs because you are like, you're, I don't want to call him soft, but he's like, you know, He's like yeah. grown up with money. Like he's not, well, he's, he's not, he, a lot of the stuff that he's like rapping about now, it's like, you're trying to act like you have like, you know, street cred and you don't like, you can't, you cannot be making jokes about a yeah. woman getting shot when you've That's never true. even had to deal with that. The hardest thing you ever had to do was be play wheelchair Jimmy in Degrassi when you were like 12 so like this is not you don't you don't get to you don't get to poke fun at a woman who grew up like with a pretty rough life who came up from yeah. nothing in Houston Texas a black yeah I, th- I think the like the like the hardest part in Drake's career like the the biggest challenge for him was just to be taken seriously right because yes. he came from that and obviously he's proven that he is talented enough um but he's also like you said he's like a pop star more a than star. a traditional yeah. Rapper, right? drake, drake and if, yeah drake, drake is a pop star that's generally he's a pop star yeah. yeah but like his genre is rap like as a celebrity yes. he's more pop star than he is rap star I would say so, in my opinion, as a person yeah. who very tertiarily listens to hip hop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know more about Drake from his celebrity than I do really, I think, his songs. Yeah. And even the songs that I've heard. Uh, and I'm just, it, it could just be because I'm not, you know, a very big hip hop person. Yeah. Um, but the songs that I've heard, like the famous Drake songs are like on Z100. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, okay. I, I mean, this is like, you know, these songs sound, even though they're rap songs, they sound pleasant enough to play on pop radio. And yeah. then I also know, oh, you know what? I know there's a like a explicit version of this that I can listen to on YouTube. So it's like, he's having, he's having it both ways. Yeah. Um, and, then, and, and then, yeah. And then using that to attack Megan the Sound, which is just fucked up. So. Yeah, he also he also poked jabs at Serena Williams. Oh. Yeah, which Did is like nobody fucks with Serena, man. Nobody fucks with Serena. In a song called Middle of the Ocean, he says, uh, sidebar Serena, your husband's a groupie. And her husband is like the Reddit guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, how is he a groupie? 
I mean, I guess I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what Drake is talking about. Wasn't he? He was like in love with Serena Williams, right? Yeah, he was. It was like a fight between like I don't know. I only know a little bit about it. It was like between Drake and Common for Serena Williams. But the thing was that Drake was never like open about his relationship with Serena Williams because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff about like Drake, you know, being uh, having quite a bit of massage noir. Uh, where he would rather in the public fa- in the public eye be a guy who thirsts after somebody like Rihanna, who is a light-skinned black woman, versus Serena Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, I don't know what that even means, uh, but her husband did post on Twitter about it, uh, and he said something like, the reason I stay winning is because I'm relentless about being the absolute best at whatever I do, including being the best groupie for my wife and daughter. So no, that's great, that, Drake. You piece of shit. So I maybe what this, uh, what hopefully what Drake understands is that okay, this was you know he kind of needs to mature. Like calling somebody's husband a groupie is just fucked up. Like that's just what what does that even mean? Like what are you trying to prove? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also I found the line that he did say about uh, Megan the Stallion. It was this bitch lie about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. Oh God. Like, what, yeah, what, what, no, what are you? What are you? There's doing? no way around that. There's no way around it. Grow up, Drake. I'm done with Drake. Um, hey, speaking of Rihanna, I'm very sad with her too. When we talk about no, Rihanna, she, she made me very sad. So you know she has this uh, Fenty X Savage, her like uh, lingerie line, and they're like these amazing fashion shows that she does, like mm-hmm. the Fenty fashion shows. And yeah. it's like very star-studded. You have a bunch of celebrities like um, – like there's a what's his name um simu liu is in it like all these people actors all these people get invited to be in her fashion show well guess who she fucking invited for you i looked it up johnny fucking Depp. your guy <laughs> what <laughs> you're a big captain jack guy right you're sparrowhead i believe you call yourself <laughs> how dare you how dare you that crusty old fuck no, I'm not. Um, could you imagine if I was? If I was like, yeah, misogynists are terrible. <laughs> I'm a feminist. And I was like, I just have a soft spot for Johnny Depp. <laughs> I just love Edward Scissorian. No, I hate him. Um, but yeah, she invited him to be in the fashion show. Why? <laughs> Poor Kay, Rihanna. Why? Why would you do that? Well, Johnny Depp, I think, represents a different... He's not um, he's not fully accepted as being a misogynist or um, as I guess as an abuser. Right. Like, I don't think that that has I don't think I don't think that that reputation has been completely attached to him because of how crazy the trial was, because what because of what the trial turned into. Right. The trial just turned into an anti Amber Heard show. So that's all people remember from it. Yeah, well, because the world is a terrible place for women. <laughs> the world is a hellscape for women. Rihanna has a uh, uh, she has a lingerie brand. That sounds like a pretty great deal for a woman. Like she owns it. No, I don't know what that means. But somebody <laughs> tweeted that Rihanna's a billionaire, and I think this goes to show that billionaires are bad people. Like you don't. <laughs> You don't become a billionaire by being like a good guy. You know, you're like, yeah. but yeah, it's very confusing, Rihanna. What are you doing? Knock it off. But 
I, you know, I don't think Rihanna did it so that she could profit off of it, right? I think, like, adding Johnny Depp to her show doesn't, I don't think it increases the profits of her, or it doesn't increase the magnitude of her show in any way, right? No, I, I don't think, think it, it definitely doesn't, in, like, increase, like, the prestige of it. Do you think she's doing it to, like, get headlines? Like, you don't need to do that. I highly doubt that. I, it sounds like she may just be a Johnny Depp fan. Good Lord. <laughs> Maybe she's a sparrow head. <laughs> oh, that's very upsetting. Um, I have one more topic to talk about, and it's okay. just very quick. It's just that there was a statement that came out this week by Dwayne Wade, um, and it was in regards to uh, his daughter and Zaya. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zaya? Is it Zaya or Zaya? I think it's Zaya. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, you know, Dwayne Reed has a uh, trans daughter and has been very, very supportive of them. And um, Dwayne Wade's ex-wife. Now, are you familiar with his ex-wife? You must be. I was familiar with him when she was his current wife. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's a lot. This lady seems like she's a lot. She's Mm -hmm. done a lot of stunts. And she keeps talking like she's basically been dragging him as much as possible constantly putting out stuff in the media about him being like a bad parent and all this stuff and then also really really against um their child transitioning Mm -hmm. and not very very supportive of uh their child at all and all that stuff so I guess that, well, um, th- last week there was some sort of a report that came out or something in the media or some sort of news. And it was uh, Dwayne Wade's ex-wife. I think her name is Siobhan. Mm-hmm. She was, uh, it was, you know, something about how this was extremely detrimental to the child and all this stuff and how Dwayne Wade is going to be taken to court for it and all this stuff. And so he posted this like four slide uh, message on the internet about just dragging. He just dragged the pants off of this lady. But my mm-hmm. favorite line in that whole thing was he said, the high road has run out of real estate. <laughs> you think he came up with that? Or was that a G- Gabrielle Union joint? Okay. That I like believe Gabrielle it was Union. Gabrielle Union. Because she's, by the way, she's 50. I know. She's amazing. She just turned 50. Good for her. Good for Good Dwayne. Good for her. Good for Dwayne. Now, back when Dwayne Wade left his wife for Gabby Union, I was like, I was very shocked because I was like, why would he leave his wife for this woman and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what does this say about Gabrielle Union? But like, they're just the best couple. They're just, you know what? what? Sometimes you have to leave your crazy ass wife for a better woman. Yeah. And that is why, that is why Leonardo DiCaprio should, and I'm joking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'll say this. I, I obviously, uh, like his ex-wife has been in the news in she's been in this type of news unfortunately um yeah. you know ever since i think that they got separated or whatever like that's the only way like yeah. it crosses over to like the sports section where yeah. you hear about Dwayne Wade's marital troubles or whatever like yeah. so especially like since like 2005 on like yeah. it's not you know sports is sports and gossip so you hear about that stuff right um and it to me it always sounded like she had you know, she has like deeper struggles that she's dealing with. Um, plus, it's divorce is always hard. Yeah. Um, it sounds like the worst, man. 
Um, so I, you know, I want to sympathize with with her um, in in that sense. I will say that when Dwayne Wade, uh, when the story came out about, like, I think he announced it basically that hey, this is my daughter. Yeah. Right. Like, and it was it was a very big news story at the time, and you know, it was a news story that was shared in multiple groups that I'm in. Yeah. Right. And it was just like in those groups and you know this must have been like i don't know two years ago or whatever i highly doubt that people's feelings on this stuff have changed um but at that time they kind of had a similar reaction right they had a reaction that this that, that this is something that is wrong like this is you know this like this child is too young to be making that decision for themselves right yeah um and mm-hmm. It stuck out to me because I think Dwayne Wade has done an amazing job of being like an advocate for it. He's like very straightforward about, hey, this is my child. This is what I believe. This is who they are. And this is how I'm going to love them. And I think that is very commendable because, you know, you need people like that who are ex-athletes because sports is like a toxic place for um homophobia and transphobia and all those things and i think it's also something that's needed in with like particularly like for like african-american men um you know somebody like Dwayne wade saying that and being so open about it and not like you know going you know he was just completely 100 percent on on board Um, so that's that's always been very like you notice those things and it's like okay that's impressive same thing with magic johnson by the way Magic and EJ, like mm-hmm. when EJ came out, that was still like it was a very taboo subject. But Magic Johnson's always just been like, nope, that's my kid. You know, yeah. I'm gonna love my kid, and that's you know, it's good every, to see, man. Yeah, every week we drag your friends uh, because they sound like terrible people. But this week I have to say that unfortunately I had an interaction with real life people that I know. Uh, at a dinner where they said that they felt like their straightness was under attack because of all of the trans and non-binary stuff. Because of pronouns. Because of ask- pronouns. I have a question. How is, like, what is the attack? I don't understand what the attack is. Beats me. I Because I literally said, what, like, are people telling you that you can't be married anymore? Like, how? <laughs> and they were like, well, I just feel like when I say that I'm she, her, that people look at me, like, sideways. Like, oh, like, how can you? And then they said that they – or she said that she – um like in middle schools and stuff, and they've heard this from multiple different people all over the country where in middle schools these days, most kids are they, them, and they're not she, her. And I was like, I don't understand what the problem with that is. If that is how a child wants to identify as they, because because it probably feels right to them, right? I think when mm-hmm. young people say that I am more of a they than a he or a she, what they're saying is that the construct of what it means to be a female is too set in the world for me to feel like that is who I am. To be honest, when I was in middle school, I would have probably thought that I was a they because I never felt like I was girly enough. I never felt like I was enough of a girl. I obviously wasn't one of the boys. So I just constantly felt like I was stuck in the middle. I think it's wonderful that there's a space for people that feel like they don't fit into the societal norms of what it means to be a boy or what it means to be a girl. I think it's lovely. Yeah. 
that there is an option there, right? So I don't see why if a person wants to identify as that or say, I am a they, that that would somehow make a person who identifies as she or he feel bad. But apparently they're saying that in middle schools, kids feel awkward for being she or he. They feel pressured to be they. And I was like, this is as silly as 15 years ago when everybody was like, oh, there's so many gay kids. Everyone's going to be gay because it's cool. It's like yeah. nobody's nobody's gay because it's cool. That's not how it works. It's <laughs> not how any of this works. It's yeah. so silly. It's as feeling attacked by a pronoun is as silly as when white people said, what about white lives? Like that is how silly you sound. It's just ridiculous. I don't understand it. And I could just feel my blood boiling and I – just didn't know how to react in that way. So I was just like, I just tried to like understand them. And I was like, well, I'm sorry that somebody's child feels that they don't belong in school, but at least they have their parents that they can talk to about this stuff, right? Like yeah. that's the most you can do that if your child feels like they're different because everybody is a they, but they feel like a she, uh, which by the way, doesn't seem like a real problem. No, I, I honestly, I, I, the world is that's not every straight people. I I think that is I think that is um, your friend. I'm gonna say it's. I'm just gonna assume it's your best friend. These are the types <laughs> of people you associate with. Um, I think I think your friend probably is annoyed by the they them thing. Mm -hmm. That's that that's my read of these types of people, right? Because I run into a lot of those people. They're like, oh, wh why do I have to say uh, he he him in my signature? I'm like, you have to change it once, man. Just. Fucking relax. That's, you don't have to. And they're like, no, but why do I? Why do I have to? I'm like, does it really make a difference to you? It doesn't, right? Anyways, this woman, uh, your friend, I think she probably just is annoyed by the fact that people um, feel that they need the space to for for some gray area, right? They're still trying to figure that stuff out, right? Um, and she's like, oh well, uh, if everyone's going to be trying to figure it out, then the people that are, you know, he or she are going to feel left out. No, it's not a real, you're just making up stuff now. Like, yeah. no kid. Yeah. And also you cannot feel left out in a world that is literally made for straight people. Exactly. The entire world is made for straight people. Okay. And yeah. all we're saying is this is the way that queer people get to live where non-binary people get to live yeah. like nothing about being a non-binary person makes me feel threatened because a non-binary person isn't telling me that i can't be a full-fledged woman who identifies as she her what yeah. they're saying is we're questioning whether or not we personally need to identify as just a man or just a woman because what society expects men to be or women to be is just not something that we can fully fit in. We think that we could po possibly take aspects from both sides because both yes. sides are lovely and we want to be able to celebrate all of it. Exactly. So like, you know, I'm a dude and I really like, like, I really love being a dude. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's great. Like, I love being a guy. It's awesome. Um, and to me, it's just like, if, you know, everyone... If someone doesn't love the body that they're born into, that mm -hmm. to me is a sad thing, right? It's like, they're not, you know, you're, you should have sympathy for that person, right? You should count your lucky stars that you identify as a she and you were born in, 
in a female body, right? Good for you. Now, the, like the same level of certainty that you have in your body and in your femalehood, if somebody doesn't have that, your sympathy should be, okay, well, I really hope that this person finds it for them, for themselves, yep. right? Yeah. That's all. That's all you have to do. Anything past that, you are creating a problem where there isn't one. You know, you're yeah. just, you want it to be about, like, you, this person said that she felt attacked. Yeah. yeah. For, for me. So I it's crazy. I think she said something like, she, yeah, I think maybe she said, she didn't say she felt attacked. She felt like the straightness is under attack. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know, it's like I have body. We've talked about this. We've got some body dysmorphia between the two yeah. of us. Oh, and, boy, do we. Oh, boy, do we. <laughs> and like body dysmorphia, just like your size is something that yeah. like you never stop feeling like you never stop feeling. You could never be small enough. You can never change. And the yeah. thing is, like I that is, that is such a struggle for me every single day. I cannot imagine how much worse it feels to have gender dysmorphia because exactly it, it sounds like a prison it sounds like a prison to live in a body that you hate it really does and so if there is a way for people to exist whether it's to fully transition or to somewhat transition or to be non-binary or to be able to identify safely and comfortably as something that just feels better to them who the fuck yeah. am i to stop them exactly and it's in the moment too like hey if they want to f- identify as a he today and a she tomorrow, I do not care. Great. Great. Like, how does that affect me? It does not affect me one bit. Right? No, not at all. Not That's at crazy. all. It's good. It is so crazy. It is so crazy. Um, do you have anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't think we have time to get into Kyrie Irving. That was very sad. God. It's too much. Maybe we'll the rising, the, the shining star of West Orange, New Jersey, the town that I live in. <laughs> uh, we can talk about it. Um, Kyrie, there was like a, I forgot, I saw a clip, but it was this guy, the sports guy. I don't know what his name is, but he was talking about how Kyrie Irvin has like a, he's got Irving. like a, Irving, he's got like a history of just like screwing the pooch. Like yeah. of being handed a pot of gold and him just being like, nah, I'm just going to throw it away. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so he's no longer with the Nets. No, he's suspended. He's still oh, with he's the suspended. Nets. He's yeah, not. he's suspended yeah, yeah, yeah. because he's posting anti-Semitic stuff. And it's just, it's so frustrating. So this stuff is frustrating because obviously Kanye is anti-Semitic. Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic. And I think what is, there's like multiple sides of it that are extremely frustrating. It is extremely frustrating obviously i'm sure for jewish people to have to deal with this right like why are we dealing with anti-semitism a fucking again right like it's so fucking annoying and And it's like the it's the worst it's the worst kind of anti-semitism you know what i mean like it's like it's like the worst it's and it's like the same bullshit that is in all cultures when it comes to jewish people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it is that same like oh jews run the world horseshit that is taught to apparently everybody. Um, yeah. And the fact that he is like, so that's the thing, right? Like the thing that he did, like amplifying that movie, it is anti-Semitism. It is terrible. It is fucked up and it should be called out 100%. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the thing about Kyrie is like, like I want to be careful about how you talk about this stuff mm-hmm. because I've been watching, um, some old like sports documentaries or whatever. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there is like this, it's like how they treat young black men that yes. become famous. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. how that is especially played out in the media, right? Yeah. The thing about Kyrie is, is like, it feels like, you know, if you hear him talk, he uses all the right words of somebody who is an intellectual, right? Somebody that's smart. But like when you hear the content of what he's saying, it is obvious that it's just one of those pseudo intellectual people, right? It's gobbledygook. It's got. I mean, we're talking about a person that believes the earth is flat. Like that is a thing that he said, right? Um, so, like my first, like when I, you know, when you first hear about this news story, because it's like it's so sad that you know, that this story exists, right? I'm not even like outraged about it. I'm sure if I was a Jewish person, I would be way more more outraged than I am. Mm -hmm. I'm sadder about it than I am outraged. Um, I'm outraged about, you know, the the stereotype that's that's being put out there. But the fact that this story is happening is just sad. It's sad that it's happening. First of all, this fucking Nets team is the most hateable team of all time. So (laughs) as like a sports fan, I'm just so fucking sick and tired of this team that I have to keep hearing about it. Um, but I want to be careful because like when I first hear about it, my instant reaction is, you know, Kyrie, I don't know if he's an anti-Semite or not. His actions were of somebody that is anti-Semitic. But more than that, what I'm understanding from the situation is Kyrie is a moron, right? Yeah. That's what I want to say, Yeah. right? But then again, I want to be careful because I don't know how much of this is how the media, like how I receive Ky- Kyrie. Yeah. But then again, I'm like reading his tweets. And You're his just tweets reading his tweets. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Right? And I think I think the other thing is that also just thinking, one, we have to be careful about that. But also it's frustrating as a person of color who is mindful of how like we're talking about how black men are spoken about. Yep. It's frustrating for two black men to now be the face of anti-Semitism. Yes. When white nationalists are the face of anti-Semitism. Like we yes. know this, right? It's almost like like the people who are the people people who are coming out in droves to support somebody like Kanye West when he was doing that weird shit where he was like camped out at like a what is it, like an arena or stuff and like all those um concerts he did with like Marilyn Manson and all that shit. The people in the crowd were white kids. So like there is, I think it's like, you know, it's, it's what, it's what white supremacists want also is for minorities to fight with each other. I think that that's the other thing that's really frustrating and like how people are talking about the Kyrie and Kanye stuff is that obviously they're Kanye is super problematic. He's super anti-Semitic. That's absolutely true. Kyrie absolutely shared an anti-Semitic video. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and he's throwing his life away. But that those two men are not the face of anti-Semitism. Like, like, like the MAGA people are like the face of anti-Semitism. Like, there is Nazi flags at MAGA rallies. Like, (laughs) like that's that's the shit that, like, you know, I think sometimes like the media gets so caught up in covering like famous people. And specifically famous black people when they, especially when they make mistakes that, or do something terrible, not just make mistakes, but like do something outwardly terrible that, that it's almost like all of, 
white supremacy and white nationalists who support the same shit sort of get like pushed under the rug of yeah. where the attention should also be going because the rise in anti-Semitism is not just because of this. It's because we are experiencing a rise in anti-Semitism because of white nationalists in this country. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. Like, you know, with Kyrie, it's like, you know, you think about how do you describe a stupid person? Right? Well, how, what is a stupid person to you? Yeah. Right. Is it just somebody who, is it somebody that doesn't care to learn the right thing is it somebody that's just oblivious so like you know somebody in somebody like Kyrie right that is somebody that is obviously going out there and trying to learn shit right yeah like but he for some goddamn reason time and time again like chooses to learn from the worst sources yeah you know what I mean yeah that's what you know the flat earth thing the anti-vaccination thing and now this thing right it's like so but then you're just you're like well at least a person at least he's a person who's curious which is like okay does that does that does that mean that he should get some sort of grace right and then the other part is like i will always have you know it it is different when it's a black person versus a white person to me i think especially when it comes to athletes right like i was watching this thing about reggie jackson Reggie Jackson was his baseball player, which I know that if I had grown up in the 70s in America, mm -hmm. I know what kind of perception I probably would have had of Reggie Jackson because mm -hmm. of even when we moved here, like he had retired, I think, like seven years before then. Right. But Reggie Jackson was always kind of like the perception of him was just like this boorish, like egomaniac. Um, and he was just completely self-centered. And the clips that they showed about him were always about that also, right? Oh, he's just a self-promoter and all this other stuff. And I was watching this documentary about him and he was just talking about, he was like, yes, I was that. But he's like, I, you know, it's also because I was scared. He's like, mm -hmm. you don't know what it's like. Like, he's like, I grew up in the South, mm -hmm. like being a black man in the South, especially in those times. And, you know, being a black man or being a black person in America, like there's, trauma that's associated with that just yep. because of how you know this country is with that stuff and and you know it is it's different um it's not it's not um you know it's it's not like a cakewalk for any minority but it is like a like i think it's like two levels up when you're black yeah. it is it's you know like the the trauma whatever trauma we felt as minorities yeah. in america Nothing. I, I personally don't feel like I felt any trauma, right? Yeah. But that's also because I'm good at lying to myself. Um, but it's not anywhere close to what I imagine it feels like to 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 grow up black in this country. It's it's got to be very very hard. So you know you kind of want to have you want to you kind of want to give grace wherever you can. I guess. Yeah, I mean, but I think while calling out the fact that it is 100% fucked up. Right? Exactly. Like, that tweet is 100% fucked up. Exactly. And I think the other thing is that if you are if you are part of a a group of people that is is actively and directly affected by this kind of stupidity, you don't need to mm -hmm. give anybody grace. You don't need to give yeah. anyone grace. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You get to be mad. You know like last week we we're talking about like these uh, fucks that you know that are like Andrew Tate fans and how like Yeah you want you like were tr really trying to psychoanalyze why they think that way and i got like so frustrated and i think the reason why i got frustrated was because like these are people who view me 
who are who these are people who listen to a man who views me a woman as property right like yeah. so at that point the conversation is over like we're not talking anymore even when i think about having this conversation with my group of girlfriends about trans kids or non-binary kids or whatever i know that as a person who so far has just two boys who are happy to be boys and haven't said anything otherwise and are are too young to have thoughts about any type of their yeah. sexual at, at, yeah at most they identify as mario and sonic <laughs> yeah mostly yeah. they identify as video game characters like they i know that for me right now to get so hopped up they probably look at me like i'm a crazy person right but i'm constantly thinking about the fact that one day if one of our kids my kids or their kids identifies yeah. that way there has to be somebody there who advocates for them or somebody there who at least starts to plant the seeds to say this isn't an okay way to think because by the time that happens where somebody does have a loved one or somebody they care for that is part of a marginalized group of people that somebody's being actively hateful towards mm -hmm. at that point that person doesn't need to give you the grace to have a conversation or to educate you or to even share space with you like at that point if you feel like that person is actively supporting someone who who is like who is posting about or sharing awful, terrible, hateful stereotypes about you, you don't have to, mm -hmm. you don't have to have a conversation. You don't need to. Right. So that's the other thing I will say is like, we have to exist in a space where we, 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 as people who are not affected by it can have conversations and talk about how this is fucked up and also understand the other layer of what it means to be a black person in the media. Um, yeah just our understanding of what that means not like we would know but it's also okay for us to say you don't have to think about him or give him any grace if you don't want to that's fine yeah. especially if you are a jewish person no for exactly earth, so like for god's sake okay the earth does not owe anything to Kyrie irving <laughs> how dare it it's curvy um <laughs> no like, yeah you know i understand like the anger that people have uh that is justified like the anger is 100 justified i think it's like it's like you know when i'm able to talk to people that i disagree with um i think that's a privilege that i have right it's a privilege because i haven't been pushed to the brink where i have like a like a visceral reaction to it yeah. there are other people that they've had to go through a lot of shit where they have to have a visceral, like that's just what happens. Yeah. Right. So it's sad. It is sad. All right. Well, that's it. Well, really, it's going to get worse too. By the way, I, I hope you realize, like, the election is coming up on Tuesday, and we're going to get moved. We're going to get destroyed. How do you do? You have anxiety about that? Um, about this election. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I'm trying not to think about it. I think I've maybe yeah. like compartmentalized. Like I have friends in Georgia and Kentucky and they're really fucking freaking out. Um, but you know, I feel somewhat protected in New Jersey. Um, I feel okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel very protected in my town, but you know, it's, uh, it's getting scary out there again, elections in general, like they just, they haven't felt good in years. So yeah, I'm just going to go and vote on Tuesday and see what happens. I mean, the early, um, results that are coming in are showing 
pretty uh, positive for Democrats, but but it's always positive for Democrats at the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm not as like I think the like the worst like election night I I will ever feel. Hopefully, oh. is 2016, right? Yeah. I, I hope that like unless like you know Marjorie Taylor Greene like becomes president somehow or something like that. You know what I mean? Or like Lauren Boebert, then I will. I don't know what the hell I will do. But what yeah, I'm name Boebert. Um. But yeah. All right. Well, everybody should. We do some California. Yeah, go the California people. I saw uh, Katie Porter. Her race is a toss-up, which is crazy. Katie Um, Porter. Katie Porter. Her race is a toss-up. So anybody in California, go vote for Katie Porter, even if she's not your district. Republicans (laughs) tell me it's very easy to vote illegally. (laughs) Just tap into that. Just vote.